Nowruz Mubarak! I'm Ahmed al and this is See Something, Say Something. This week, we're celebrating, you guessed it, Nowruz, sometimes called the Persian New Year. Specifically, we're going to be sitting down with some Afghan folk to chat about what the holiday means for them. So we're going to sit down with Mina Maksudi, a Farsi teacher at the New York Persian Cultural Center, about the differences between celebrating here in America and back home. Then we're going to call up Mohammed Shafiq Hamdam, a political analyst and founder of the Afghan Anti-Corruption Network, for a brief explainer on Nauru's from ancient times to modern Afghanistan and America. And finally, we're going to bring on our amazing producer, Rana Akbari, to talk about Hafsin Aesthetic. So while researching for this episode, I realized that I didn't know a whole lot about Nauru's and there was a lot about Persian identity that I had to learn. So I called up the New York Persian Cultural Center and we set up an interview with Mina Maksudi, who teaches Farsi over there. Hi, Mina. Hi. How are you, Ahmed? I'm very good. I'm very good. Uh, Nauru's Mubarak? Yes, That's Nauru's correct. Mubarak. Tell us, uh, what, what do you do at the at the Persian Center? I am Farsi teacher. I'm teaching Farsi and Dari to Americans. Very cool. You also um, told me that you recently came to America, right, about five years ago? Um, yes, correct. Uh, can you tell us about immigrating to the U.S.? Yes, like, what do you want to know specifically? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot, I can write a book in that. <laughs> uh, okay, so tell us about where you grew up in Afghanistan and um, w- what your first memory of America was. Uh, I was living in Kabul mostly because I finished my bachelor degree um, in a business school in Kabul. And uh, the reason that I got to the state was to... Um, get to school, to business school. So Hmm. that's why I'm here. And so when you were growing up in Kabul, um, what was observing Nauru's like? What did you do? Is there a particular memory that you have of what it was like to have Nauru's in Kabul? Yes, I think it's very interesting time of the year for everyone in, in all over the country in Afghanistan and all of these countries with ta- which ends with Tan, like <laughs> Central Asian countries, yeah. and of course Iran, our neighbors. And um, I think it's the, the, the vibe and the atmosphere is so good. It's all about buying new things, purging Amazing. the house and uh, uh, cleaning and getting ready for the renewal of the life in the spring and everyone is just planning and they and it's not only about cleaning the house but it's about cleaning the mind too right. so there's a lot of reconciliations also going on a lot of people think about their relationships with their family with their friends and colleagues and they try to uh, figure it out and at the end of the day, be able to solve it before now rolls or the day of now rolls. It's been a really interesting experience for me because I am from one of those Stan countries. I'm from Pakistan, but very few Pakistanis in my experience actually celebrate Nowruz. So I'm learning it from like a lot of my, my friends and I have a lot of friends who celebrate it. How has uh, celebrating Nowruz changed since you've come to America? What is something that's different about it in Afghanistan versus America? Uh, 
Of course, it's the atmosphere because it's much easier in Afghanistan. You don't need to look at the calendar <laughs> and no one to remind <laughs> right, you because right, right. you know that what's going on and you just go with the flow and then everything is just get re- get ready in time and uh, be just ride on half scene and try to meet with friends and family, dance together, go to concerts and be happy. And what is very interesting about Afghanistan is Balkh, because the center of Nowruz, the center of celebration um, in Afghanistan is in Balkh. In mm. Nowruz is a tradition that uh, we we, ha- we we have the heritage from the Zerastorian time. Mm. And the center of Zerastorian in the past was in Balkh. So, really? Yes. I didn't know that. In Afghanistan. Yes. was in oh, Balkh wow. in Mazar-Sharif. So that's why all of these Farsi-speaking countries, they have like poems and they're singing the songs of Nowruz and they all have this Mazar in their poems that let's go to Mazar, let's go and celebrate the Eid and Nowruz like the strings in Mazar because it's huge there. And mm. nowadays it's kind of combined with some... Um, uh, Islamic rituals as well, but it it is more about culture. It's more mm. about people getting together, and they try the first things. The priority at that day is to rising up a big flag. That's for Imam Ali. So men get together a lot. There is a huge crowd in that city in in that shrine, and it's 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 a beautiful place. It's marbled and with like. Uh, beautiful blue uh, stone. And the first things that they do in Indianapolis is to raise that flag. A flag of what? Is it? Uh... It's just uh, a colorful flag. They, some believe that it just symbolizes the flag of Ali. Mm. And it, it has some Islamic meaning to it And uh, because they respect Ali a lot as right. a very right. a good person. Either in Shia sects and in Sunni sects, both. And it's celebrated by both both groups. Yes, mm. correct. Some people believe if they can raise the flag easily, the year that they have ahead of them is gonna be awesome, hmm. and easy and prosperous. And if they have trouble to rising it up, and it's difficult, and it's just bounce here and there, then they they think or they feel that the next year is gonna be tough on them. Right. So some of them might be superstitious, but these are. I mean, that's yeah. the beauty of no rules. Do you know about Groundhog's Day, the American tradition? No, what is that? It's a it's a tradition that's sort of uh, it's it just I'm just thinking about our own American spring traditions because that's what I was raised with. It's this thing where it's a winter thing actually, where there's like a group of folks who observe the groundhog coming out of its hole, and if it sees its own shadow, it's six more weeks of winter. And obviously, that's not very fun for anyone because oh winter God. is so horrible in America. Um, but if it if it doesn't, then you know that you're going to have a earlier spring. I'm just taking notes here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also taking notes because it's actually I didn't realize this. Is, you're teaching me a lot about. Um, the Afghan uh, perspective on Nowruz. Have you actually been to the um, Mazar Sharif? Um, oh, oh my God! Ask uh, me. I love that city. Really? Yes, I love Mazar. I, I love to going to Rauza. Is the place that people go and pray. Yeah. And I believe if they go for the first time, because the first comers always their wishes comes true, and I think that was true for me. It happened. Oh. Yes, I can love I ask class. What, can I ask what the wish was? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. It was just moving on in life that I was stuck at that moment, I remember. And it was a very tough year. I had a hard time to understand things and 
basically, I think I was a little bit paralyzed. Mm. And I, at that time, I thought that I cannot handle it. But I, I went there and it was uh, like for seven days. And every single day, I would go to Rauza, like to Mazar, every single day. Was this during Nowruz or just just? Yes. Oh, it was during Nowruz. Yes. Okay, yeah. So and um, I would see like the crowd, and I would see this vibe and this atmosphere and this energy. I think when I left the city and I going back to Kabul on the way, I changed a lot spiritually over the course of seven days when mm. I was in Mazar, and I. I loved it. So this is a very, like a very meaningful personal holiday for you. Yes, of course it is. And I never forget about that day. And, you know, what I think is also really interesting that I don't fully understand is um, the relationship of Persian identity and Afghan identity to Naros. Because for me as a Pakistani, there's a lot of cultural things that we resist as Muslims because we're like, that's not actually Islam, right? Like, we're not proud of these things that we did when, for instance, like, we were Hindu is what a lot of people say in Pakistan. But it seems like Persians in, in so many countries are so proud of that heritage that might come from, like you were saying, Zoroastrian roots. Why is that? I think it's because it really brings lots of solidarity hmm. in families. And I believe that it, it just clear, clear the mind, soul, I mean, the mind and soul of people. It just brings prosperity. Like this time of the year and these rituals and this observation, it just helped them to be more like uh, reflective about their past. And then they think about everything at this moment to start a new life. It's so huge. It's, the effects is so positive. It brings lots of joy to the kids and children too and right. brings families together. So they love it. It does seem like a really joyful family holiday. Oh my God, it is. And you know that it's been a while in Afghanistan that we suffer because of right. the situation. Right, of so that's one of the things that people hold in that, and they love it because it brings lots of hope to, for them. Hmm. It brings peoples together. The Persian history is so long, and it has such, you know, it's such a long and ancient culture that has done so much for the world as well. So there's some pride there, I think. Correct. As well. And because. At the center of that Persian culture is Balkh, is Mazar Sharif, that uh, that is actually all of the ceremonies happened in the past, and that is located in Afghanistan, north, northern part of Afghanistan. That influenced the whole region after that. So, although people in Afghanistan majority are Muslim, they practice Nowruz along with their Islamic rituals. Mm. So people pray to God, but they're happy and they have some like colorful rituals aside that, which it doesn't really disturb their true religion. Right, right. You know, you were talked about how you had such an amazing experience when you went to Mazar Sharif when you were um, celebrating Noroz back in Afghanistan, but now you're in America. How are you celebrating with your family? Where is your family at? Uh, most of my family are back home in Afghanistan. So, you, so that's why I told that I called them today to say, uh, 
hi, how are you, and happy Nowruz, and everyone was so cheerful and around the half scene, and we're celebrating, and no one had the ears to listen to me, and because <laughs> like, the house was just full of people and laughing and laughter. Like, my sister was too involved, and actually, she's the technician to connect everyone, and she was not willing to sacrifice that joy for me. <laughs> I was like, okay, happy Nowruz. <laughs> I'll be fine here. I have fun. <laughs> <laughs> in my room alone. It's nice that they can have that much joy. That's so joyful. I mean, that vibe and atmosphere was so different. I was keep messaging and keep calling and he couldn't hear me. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and that's my experience being in the United States and trying to be part of it, but I can't. I mean, I lost the entirety of Nowruz. You must be jealous. You must be <laughs> oh my so God, jealous. I did. I did in the morning. I was like, oh my goodness, please give me a call when you're done. <laughs> Have you found people here that you can celebrate with? Yes, of course I do. So I uh, have friends, both of Iranian friends, and I have Afghans, Tajiks, all kind of friends. Mm. It, it's New York. Right. And uh, we do celebrate Nowruz. There are ceremonies. They're not specifically like today, but they're happening next week. So right. I intend to go and, um, and visit friends. Because yeah, it's, a, it's a longer period of not just one yes, day. Yes, it right? is actually. It's all of these things can happen over the course of two weeks, the beginning of uh, of the year, which is twenty first of March, mm. and it goes for two weeks. So you can do all of these rituals and so happy time. What are some of those rituals you're going to be doing with your friends? Because <laughs> it must be different to celebrate. Usually, you celebrate with family, right? But Correct. it must be different to celebrate with friends as well. Yeah, I think here is America, so we also blend some American things into it. Sure, sure. Just to <laughs> like make what? It, make it more innovative. <laughs> But maybe going to the restaurants, right. and that shouldn't be a specifically Afghani one. It could be any kind of restaurants. And uh, uh, we may not go to Mazar, but we can dance and we can have uh, like singing with friends, right. meet them, joke around, and uh, just pulling each other's leg. So in a way, you're capturing the spirit with your friends. Correct. Like we're trying just to enjoy. Right. Correct. It's a, it's about the feeling of renewal and, and happiness. Correct. You also uh, teach a lot of students, of course. Who are your students exactly? What is their background? Majority of my students are Americans, and majority of this majority are actually married to Farsi speakers, mm. and they want to learn Farsi in order to build a better relationship with their um, husbands and uh have a better communications or feel each other like more sincerely and they were all trying to really understand each other's and understand the culture understand the family try to uh, communicate with their in-laws because right. well family is very important and, and as a teacher I'm sure a lot of these people are coming into the Persian Center are Irani spouses are they surprised when they find out that their teacher is not uh, Iran Iranian <laughs> almost Every single them. <laughs> Interesting. And and they're looking at me, and at the beginning, they're just like, "Where are you from?" Because <laughs> my my feature and my face is not at all like Persian, not at all like Middle Eastern, like very different. And I'm saying, "Yes, I'm from Afghanistan, and my mother language is Farsi, and I know both languages very well. I mean, they're one language with different dialects." You're talking and, about Persian and Dari. Correct. Yeah. And uh, well, it's a shock, but. After uh, one or two sessions, they feel comfortable and they love it. 
So I, I, I know there's a half scene in Iran. I, there's, a, there's a different thing in Afghanistan as well that's not in Iran. Can you tell me about that? So we have half scene back home, and uh, there symbolizes the prosperity, wealth, and uh, light in, in life. Besides that, we have half meva, and half meva means seven fruits. So it is seven different types of uh, fruits that people soak them in water for a few days, and then they bring it to guests. It's very sweet because the sugar comes from raisins and um, it's it's just part of the tradition and we have it from way way back and um, it's very important we have to provide that otherwise we didn't do the big part of the half scene and uh, we have samanak the food that women get together before Eden Aurora's and then they cook samanak and then they distribute it were you able to have a half mua this year uh, one of my friends is actually preparing that for me. Wonderful. So that's, I'm waiting for that. The fruits might be different though, because I'm assuming. They bring it from Afghanistan. I'm lucky because really? she's on the way back. Yes. So that's going to be very authentic. Wonderful. Yes. And some Afghan type of clothes that I'm craving because I didn't bring from home. <laughs> but now I know the value. Great. Um, well, Mina, if people want to take your classes, where can they find the Persian Cultural Center in New York? Where is it located? They are in downtown New York City in uh, Fulton and Broadway. So now I'm joined by Mohammed Shafiq Hamdam. He is a Nobel Peace Prize nominee, social activist, writer, and political analyst. Welcome. Thank you very much. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of Nowruz? How did it come to be yes. and why is it so important to Afghans? Yeah, uh, actually the history is too long. It's 3,000 years uh, and it has started uh, what, it, what it called at the time from Aryana uh, or the land of Aryan, uh, which is the, today, it's Yurbalh, it's northern city in Afghanistan, or Mazar, and of course it has recently entered to the United Nations Convention, recognized them as an official day of holiday for these uh, countries within the former uh, territory or areas of Ariana. So the history is big, but, uh, you know, the official recognition is recent, which is nine years, but overall it has been celebrated, and there are also some controversy uh, among the people who celebrate and who oppose that. What are some of the controversies around Naros? Mainly Muslim community in the area, they believe that this is a tradition uh, prior to Islam, uh, dated from uh, the people who were at the time Buddhism or believed in uh, uh, Zoroastrianism. Uh, which was not Islam. So they believe that uh, it's not a tradition of Islam or based on Islamic values, but majority people still keep celebrating that, in particular in Afghanistan. So what's interesting hearing that from you is that, you know, obviously Afghanistan has been through a lot of political changes over the past few decades with the Soviet invasion in the 80s, the Taliban over the 90s, and then, of course, like the Karzai government and beyond um, post-9-11 and American invasion. Um, so how has Nauru's changed over those various regime changes in Afghanistan? Yeah, unfortunately, during the dark time of Taliban, uh, Nauru's was uh, celebrated but heavenly uh, mm. within the communities and society. 
it was not celebrated as open as it's supposed to be or as open as it is celebrated today or two or three decades ago uh, or even centuries ago. So the only period of time, it was 1996 to 2001, during the Taliban regime, that Nowruz was not openly celebrated by the Afghan people. So as somebody who works a lot on uh, foreign policy and very serious issues. How does Nauru's help you recenter? Uh, actually, equal that to the U.S. holidays, it's a combination of Christmas, New Year, as well as Thanksgiving Day, because you have big feasts, you have holiday, you have, you know, religious celebration. It's a combination of all that together. And it's a good time for the families, for the communities to get together, to work together, and even for leaders. Uh, like we we have heard just today, several probably hours ago, President Trump, uh, he issued his Nauru's message, first ever Nauru's message as a president of the United States. And of course, he was critical of Iran in his message, but he still, uh, you know, congratulated the people who are celebrating Nauru. So this is also an opportunity uh, for the politicians, for the community leaders, civil society members. Uh, to get together and talk about policy issues as well. Um, there are some countries um, still facing the travel ban and some of the restrictions. Is that affecting any folks in America that you know of? Uh, the people who are here that I know in person, a uh, few families, uh, they are so worried that you know they will not be able to freely travel uh, back to their home country. So we are living in that community. We have a lot of Muslims in our community, and they feel uh, kind of more marginalized now and isolated than ever before. So I think uh, that's something uh, that people are concerned about. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Uh, where can people find your work? Yes, my Twitter is Shafiq, spelled as S-H-A-F-I-Q, Hamdam, H-A-N-D-A. Thank you so much for joining us, and Nauruz Mubarak. Thank you very much, Nauruz Mubarak. So before we go, we've talked about the Haft Miwa a little bit, but can't talk about Nauruz without talking about the Haft scene. Here to explain more is our Stanworthy producer and resident tablescape enthusiast, Rana Akbari. Aww. <laughs> Don't act like you didn't just write that description of yourself. <laughs> so tell us about the Haft scene. Yeah. So just as Haft Miwa translates to seven fruits, Haft scene also translates to seven <laughs> scenes, which in the Arabic and Farsi language is the equivalent to like the letter S, I would say. And Urdu, we also and use Urdu. scene. Yeah. <laughs> Woke. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so the seven main items, and these are different depending on who you ask or like what family, but generally um, the seven main items would be one, sib, which is apple and symbolizes beauty. Apples are beautiful, yes. Very beautiful, yeah. Realistic beauty standard for women. <laughs> <laughs> the second one is sabze, which is grass, and people will often have like lentil sprouts too. It represents rebirth. The third one is senjid, which is dried fruit from the lotus tree. Senjid looks a little bit like a cross between a cherry and a date, right? Sure. <laughs> Have you seen one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right now, as I Googled it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it does. You're right. Yeah. yeah. The fourth is sumac, which is the color of sunrise. It's that purple spice that you put on, like, 
I have it on fatouche mostly, I guess. Mm. In the dressing. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, the fifth one is sear, which is garlic, and it represents good health and medicine. Love to eat raw garlic. Love to. Thing. Yes. It's the cure all, the panacea, however you say it. The panacea. <laughs> um, the sixth is sunbowl, which is a hyacinth, and it represents spring. Of course. Of course. The seventh is cerca, which is vinegar, and it represents patience. Um, so again, these seven are interchangeable. You know, there are other things that you will see people use in their huff scenes, but also people often deck out their huff scenes with other little treats and goodies. There will be, you know, often poetry books like Rumi or Hafiz, which are two very important poets, obviously, to our culture. Um, you'll see the Quran or sometimes we'll have a mirror to represent self-reflection. People will often have goldfish in a bowl to represent life. Um, people will paint eggs. It's like an Easter kind of look uh, to represent fertility. Uh, having having like learned so much about this over the past week, I feel like it's the best holiday ever. It has everything. I'm like, it has the eggs, it has it has pets, it has like <laughs> food. It's just like there's so many things you can possibly do. Like it's kind of choose your a little choose your own adventure-ish. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's where, like that SNL sketch where it's like New York's hottest club is, <laughs> but it's just the half scene table. Um, it's got goldfish. But, <laughs> it's got sumac. This place has everything. <laughs> it has roomy. It has a mirror. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's great for the gram. You know, uh, yesterday I was scrolling through my feed. A lot of great have seen tablescapes, people with their parents and family. And also another, I guess, interesting part of the have seen is um, during the festivities, the eldest of the family or whatever, you know, the eldest mm-hmm. person in the community will stand at the have seen and people will take photos and stuff. Um, and that, you know, the whoever is that person of advanced age right. will give out. Uh, goodies and treats and like often nice. money too. There's kids. present giving too. Amazing. Lots of presents. Wait, so here's my question for you. I mean, I've been hearing a lot about the have seen, but is it like something that stays in your home for a week, like a Christmas tree, or is it like only for that day? Yeah. So people will set their have scenes up, you know, weeks in advance, and um, I think this, some people let this, their lentil sprouts grow. Like they will mm. start their sprouts off as like little things and then they see them grow into little green grass thingy majigs. What is your favorite item from the Hafsin or Haftamua? I'm partial to garlic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, garlic and everything. I think I, I just really like the sabza, the grass. It's just such a like symbolic part. Mm-hmm. And although a lot of people's Hafsins vary, the thing that stakes stays constant uh, in most that I've seen is the subza. Um, yeah, it's a spring equinox, right? So yeah. it, it, it makes sense. And who doesn't love uh, a fresh little plant, you know? Yes. Cool. Thank you for joining us, Rona. Where can people find your work? Thanks for having me. People can find my work on See Something, Say Something, where oh I produce God. content. <laughs> but you can find me at the Rona Lisa on Twitter. Thanks, Rona. <laughs> and thanks for all your help on this episode. Of course. <laughs> Naruz Mubarak! Naruz Mubarak! 
This episode was produced by Megan Dietrich, Rana Akbari, Julia Furlan, and me. Additional production support from Zanab Shah and the Pod Squad. Special thanks to Salmaz Sharif, who helped us out a lot from the New York Persian Cultural Center. Our music is by the Kaminas. Find them at kaminas.bandcamp.com. Find me on Twitter at radbrowndads and on Tumblr. Email us at something at buzzfeed.com. You can find my writing at buzzfeed.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes so more people can find us. I'm Amadel Yuckberg. Thanks for listening, and no lose Mubarak. And there's like a lot of members of BTS, right? There's seven. Oh my god. They're the original Hafsin. <laughs> um, oh my god, there's seven.